So we use the tools of mindfulness, movement, and breathing to really develop an innovative and effective way to reduce the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder and support that long-term healing. So anyone that has experienced trauma or those of you that may have um, supported someone with trauma know that it doesn't only exist in our mind, but it also is, is an experience that's often held in the body. Welcome to Yoga with Impact, a podcast interviewing experts who are sharing yoga and healing practices in diverse communities. My name is Danielle Beck, and I'm the co-founder of the Yoga Impact Charity, an organization sharing evidence-based yoga with groups of people healing from trauma globally. Today, I'm talking with Maggie LaRocca, who is the executive director of Exhale to Inhale, based in New York. Exhale to Inhale's mission is to use the healing practice of trauma-informed yoga to empower survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault while helping communities to develop the skills and knowledge to support them. I talk with Maggie about why nonprofits are important, Exhale to Inhale's trauma-informed approach to sharing yoga with domestic violence and sexual assault survivors, its impact, and why this work is particularly important during COVID. We talk about ways to make yoga accessible beyond the studio context and innovative funding strategies to support this work. Maggie also shares her advice for anyone listening who's seeking to have impact in the world. With me today is Maggie LaRocca, who is the Executive Director of Exhale to Inhale, based in New York. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. Maggie, you have a history of contributing to the not-for-profit space even before you arrived at Exhale to Inhale. How can not-for-profits change the world? Nonprofits are, are such an incredible part of the world that we live in today, and I have been so fortunate to be able to spend much of my career working and supporting them. I think the big thing with nonprofits is that they are an empowering way for us to come together and to come together for good. And that to me is such an incredible thing that's needed, particularly in this space and time when a lot of times you can feel powerless and you're not sure what to do in order to help or support others. And if you think to any time there's a, a natural disaster or there's a crisis, or even in our own lives, if you potentially have someone that is hurting, a lot of times it's hard to, to support someone directly, or you're just not able to, maybe you're separated geographically, but nonprofits really give us the opportunity to take action and to support others. And that to me is just such an incredible piece of what we do as a society and nonprofits as well have this opportunity to change and make programs happen very quickly that other types of systems might not be able to do that have a lot of checks and balances. And for me, there's been freedom in that because nonprofits can be creative, they can be responsive. And with that, I find that really inspiring. Mm. And for those who aren't aware of Exhale to Inhale's work, could you share a bit of information about it? Exhale to Inhale was founded in 2013, and the whole idea behind this was that 
we wanted to provide a powerful resource for healing, for trauma, to survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. We particularly wanted to offer a tool that might not otherwise be accessible to some. So our mission is to use the healing practice of trauma-informed yoga to empower survivors while helping communities to develop the skills and knowledge to support them. Now, when Exhale to Inhale started, it was actually founded by Zoe LePage as part of a college product a project at Barnard in, right in New York City. And Zoe, through her incredible passion, was able to build a community of not only supporters, but also yoga teachers. And that community still exists today. And it's just been so inspiring to be a part of because each and every one of our community members, from board members to yoga teachers to young professional board members to just volunteers at large, are so committed to the mission and really making an impact. Mm, beautiful. Um, you mentioned trauma-informed yoga. I was wondering if you could talk to me about your approach of working with survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. So we use the tools of mindfulness, movement, and breathing to really develop an innovative and effective way to reduce the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder and support that long-term healing. So anyone that has experienced trauma or those of you that may have um, supported someone with trauma know that it doesn't only exist in our mind, but it also is, is an experience that's often held in the body. So we want, really want to give those that we're supporting an opportunity to reconnect to their body, to calm their nervous system, and hopefully decrease their levels of anxiety. And what we're trying to do through the trauma-informed methodology is really provide a choice-based tool. So we want to meet the participants where they are. There is no right or wrong way to heal. It can take some um, many, many years, and it may be something that, that they continually grapple with. But yoga is an accessible tool that you can take into your home. You don't have to necessarily go anywhere for it. And it's about you and your body. So we really try to focus on the holistic healing. And we also feel that it's important to highlight that this is a, stati a statistically significant improvement that we're seeing. So we did partner with the New School for Social Research, which is right in New York City, and we measured stress, bodily pain, and sense of agency before and after an exhale to inhale class. And we were able to see some changes there. So we not only feel that it's an effective tool, but we're seeing it through the results of our research. That is amazing. Um, I love also that you're, uh, you mentioned meeting people where they are. Um, I imagine that you're working with people who may not see something like yoga as for them. Uh, how do you create inclusive classes? Yes, that's such a great question. And it's an important one, right? Because we have all these incredible healing tools, not just yoga, but across the mental health field and other parts of the medical field. But how do we truly make them accessible to those that may not see themselves actually healing through this tool. So 
the ways that we do this are by, we work with um, 35 different shelter and community agencies now, um, mostly in New York, but also through the virtual model we've been able to extend. And what we really hope to do is to reflect the population through our teaching and through our methodology. So to show them that there's other ways to think about what yoga is. And to also really break down this whole idea of it has to be done in this way. You have to look this way to benefit from that because that simply mm-hmm. isn't true. So we really try to work and recognize and acknowledge those stereotypes and develop tools and programs that help break them down. It certainly isn't something that happens overnight, but we all are committed to it as an organization And that really has helped us reach those that may be less likely to practice in a traditional setting. Mm, Beautiful. You mentioned some of the benefits that you've uh, observed through the research that you've been doing with your programs. Um, What are the benefits that, that you've observed personally from watching survivors participate in the programs? And maybe if you could talk about the impact of empowering women more generally too. A feeling of empowerment is something that goes beyond just the the mat or the yoga class. The feeling of empowerment can help survivors have the confidence to potentially leave a difficult situation or to stand up for what they believe in, perhaps in a legal setting, or to finally have the courage to reach out to someone that can help them heal. So what we're trying to do is really give that sense of confidence back to our participants. And we've heard through the testimonials that oftentimes they've referred back to their breathing practice or to that sense of centering from one of their classes when they've been in another environment. So we know that this is a a portable tool that you can take with you and that you can use in a lot of different settings. And that is really exciting. We also know that empowering women, empowering survivors, regardless of how they identify from a gender base, is is will make our world a better place when we are able to see all members of our community have representation, have a voice, we will live in a, in a better place. And that is really a, a, a secondary goal <clears throat> is how through our community of exhale to inhale, can we continue to survive and support individuals? So that's kind of a second piece of exhale to inhale is we're not only providing the trauma-informed yoga classes, but we also provide trauma-informed training. So between our four-hour, six-hour, and 16-hour classes, you can learn how to be more trauma-informed. And what that might lead to is more sensitivity for those around you, a better understanding of what a trauma survivor might be going through, which will hopefully lead to a more empathetic world. Mm, Brilliant. And your classes are provided to survivors at no cost. Can you share some of the ways that Exhale to Inhale cultivates support to provide this offering? Yes. So we have been very fortunate by just the incredible generosity of individual donors. And, you know, of course, there's a financial benefit to that for a very small organization like ours. 
However, there's also this feeling of collective impact across our organization, because even if you give $5 or you give $5,000, we all are connected to the mission and we're trying to share that with others. So we have a variety of giving options. Some people choose to give on a monthly basis, and they also access some of our trauma-informed classes. Others um, choose to give in larger amounts, while still we've also been able to make some inroads with corporations that highly value and now have seen during COVID-19 the importance of mental wellness. So they have stepped up and we've provided our classes to them. And in turn, they've, they've supported our classes to our shelters and community agencies. So it's been very exciting to see that level of recognition through the corporate space. Additionally, we've had a few additional corporate sponsors like Flamingo, which is a women's razor company, as well as Lululemon, who have supported our programs directly. So these really allow us to grow and build, which has been um, absolutely essential to a small organization like ours, particularly this year, since it's been so difficult for nonprofits, um, given the pandemic. Mm, Why is this work especially important at the moment? We are seeing across the world, and I know that, you know, where you sit, you may be seeing it as well, but we are seeing increases in domestic violence just due to the um, stay-at-home orders from the pandemic. So um, with that increase and then couple that with limited resources, and that can mean anything from not being able to go out to your social support to potentially not having childcare to maybe only being able to access support services virtually. We have seen that survivors need tools like ours in their homes so that even if they're not able to escape a potentially dangerous situation, which of course is always the best option, but it's just not always possible, that they have tools in place that they can support themselves with, which will hopefully allow them to minimize um, the potential challenges or damage from um, the trauma in the future. So um, during COVID-19, I think that we have all across the world felt this feeling of not being able to do the things that we want to do and having that sense of control almost taken away at times. And so we really want to highlight that with stress, anxiety, trauma, there are ways that you can continue to feel empowered and there is hope. And it certainly isn't something that will solve all problems, but we all need to be surviving in these moments. Um, so we've, we've tried to share our trauma-informed training to the public because we know that with you know one in four women and, and one in nine men potentially being impacted by domestic violence, survivors are everywhere. It doesn't just fit one socioeconomic status or cultural background. So we really try to provide our tools to a broad audience. And we've also understood that there's trauma across the world right now. So we, when possible, we've tried to share some of our tools with the general public. Uh, we've also tried to provide 
um, support to some of the staff at the shelters and community agencies so that they can understand the benefits of the practice and also share that with their clients. Mm, that's wonderful. I mean, we know trauma is, is vicarious and how excellent to be providing it to people who are working within those organizations also. We've seen such a positive response from that. And I think especially since it was so uncertain in the beginning of how long this would last. And now we're kind of into this phase of it may last even longer than we thought. So just being able to shed some hope um, to to those that are working so hard every day to come up with new solutions to support survivors has been, has been really important to us. Mm. Maggie, what's your advice to someone who's listening, who wants to have meaningful impact in the world at the moment? Well, I think first off, that is such an admirable feeling and don't ever let it go, I guess would be the advice because it, it takes all of us and there are so many different opportunities for us to give back, to share good to help give those that may be hurting hope. And so I think my advice is just to never give up, to find a cause, whether it's something like what we collectively do, Danielle, or something that personally drives you, and to commit to it. I think of so many of our donors who have done that for Exhale to Inhale just by you know providing a monthly gift or showing up for um, our classes and training. And they have been transformative to our mission. They have helped us reach areas of growth that we never dreamed possible. So I think, you know, whether whatever your your passion is to follow that and to try to really commit to an organization or a way to provide that level of support. Mm. How can someone get involved or support Exhale to Inhale? We, we would love to have anyone join us. Um, our program, as I think I mentioned earlier, Danielle, we've been able to reach other parts of the United States and other parts of the world because we have the virtual class offering. So again, that's been a silver lining in these difficult times. So I would love to have anyone check out our website. Um, we have public classes that are available there. You can learn more about our trauma-informed training. We will be releasing our 2021 schedule, and there's a variety of different ways to, to get involved there. Um, and of course, we'd love for you to just sign up for our newsletter. If you're able to um, support us through a monthly donation, that's always appreciated. But you know, I think the big thing is don't be limited in how you think of support. Um, even just liking a post on Facebook, as you know from your work, Danielle, can be so helpful to organizations. So um, we'd love to to have you join us on social, check out our website, and also um, check out some of our trainings and classes that are available. Mm. I'll make sure that I pop some of those links in the podcast notes. Oh, great. Maggie LaRocca, you are such a breath of fresh air. We really appreciate your time and the important work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity and and thank you so much for shedding light on the different ways that um, we can collectively come together and make the world a better place.
You can head to the podcast notes if you're interested in any of the links mentioned by Maggie in today's episode. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Sue Ann Hunter, a Wurundjeri woman who is working to support cultural healing of the Aboriginal community and who recently created a connection to country meditation. For more information about the Yoga Impact Charity, including our recently launched 200-hour yoga teacher training and ways that we're having impact, you can head to our website.